Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what's up, buddy? Welcome. What's up, everybody? My goodness. Welcome back to the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. I'm just going to assume you're going to say, what's up, buddy? I think that's where you were headed. <sighs> yeah, and 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 that would have been addressed to you and not the listener, but what's up, Michael? What's up, buddy? Hey, I'll take it either way. Uh, you, you know, not a lot, just to you know, really <laughs> enjoy myself over here, relaxing in the living room. My cat's asleep over there. Worthless. Man. Uh, yeah, welcome in, listeners. Episode 201, 201. Thanks for sticking with us for these past few years. Yes. I think, Michael, because we have so much on the on the docket here, we should just jump into it. We got basketball. Lots of basketball news. We were talking about this before we hit record. Like, we should kind of rearrange the the segments, but like every few days there's something kind of big that comes out. It's like, wow, that's, that's, that's pressing. We need to talk about that. Yeah. We um, keep thinking, well, uh, you know, we should really talk baseball first cause that's still going on, but there's just been so much happening with basketball the last month, as y'all know. Yeah. Also FCB baseball, <laughs> um, had a weekend series against Baylor did not go well. We got a midweek game tomorrow, Wednesday, and then a really tough series on the road against the Longhorns. Football still hanging around. We still got some things to talk about with football. You know, the draft starts this week. Yes. I have a friend who's really, my friend Adam's really excited about the draft and I, I can't, I just can't get there. I think the only time I was truly excited was when Mahomes was there. I, I have to have a direct connection. So I was going through uh, one looking for, for potential Texas tech red Raiders and the draft. Uh, and in that I was, I was considering putting in some like, whether it was the Cowboys and the Houston's like their projected draft picks or and players, the Cowboys or Texans, or did I say the Houston? Cowboys, Texans? Um, Cause I was thinking Houston Texans and I probably just said the Houston's. Um, you just say Oilers. That'll make no one mad. Oh, Oilers. That's a good one. Uh, or the <laughs> Titans, you know, when they left zombie Titans. Wait, so that's lo- a Bill Simmons thing. Looking at, at, at those two teams that who they may draft, or big 12 players like that. And then we'd be talking about this would be a football podcast at that point. It's like, no, we're going to talk about Texas tech. Cause that's what we are. Uh, and finally finish up with what we learned little league update and s- not spoiler, but teaser. I want to talk a little bit about pizza. Cause you know, this is a food podcast. <laughs> first and foremost, For, first and our, foremost, that's our passion. We talked about barbecue the past few weeks. Now we talk, need to talk about pizza. We got to switch it up. Keep it fresh. Uh, for those that are new, welcome. Like I said, we are proud to be joining in with Locker Room. It is the live audio-only sports talk platform free for you to download and use. You can talk to me, Michael, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. I doubt we're going to bring out any athletes, but never know. 
It will be perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Michael, we will be setting up a locker room account. I keep saying that every week. I haven't done it yet, but it will. All you need to do, though, for you guys is download the locker room app for free in the iOS app store. It is not available on Android yet. Soon. Soon. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join our group. Uh, you'll, You'll then follow us. And then you'll be notified when we go live. So check us out on Locker Room, 23 Personnel, and join in on the conversation. This could be a really great or really uh, trying aspect of our friendship and or people who want to listen to us if we live stream us watching a tech game. (laughs) It's a different experience, guys. And I'm sure y'all could relate. Everyone's almost a different person during a tech game. the, The little bit I tweet... During a game, it's because I'm trying, I'm trying to hold back of all the stupid <laughs> things I'm going to say in, in <laughs> anger and frustration mostly because it's just like, wow, these refs are totally paid off or, um, <laughs> man, did, did that go to, that guy go to UT or, or why are we, why are we kicking the field goal here? <laughs> it is second down. What are we doing? <laughs> stupid stuff. Like hey that. guys. Spencer's already mentioned the NFL draft is on. It's coming up and bet online has you covered this week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL draft is on and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the triple crown begins this weekend. Wow. That snuck up on me. I didn't know that was here already. Get all the latest news, odds and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Lots of letters before the next pitch, head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sports news, sign up bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. With that, Michael, let's talk basketball. Yeesh. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. So I think we'll start with player updates, recruiting updates. Um, There's a few. There's a few. You saw that Mac McClung has withdrawn himself from the transfer portal. Yes. Still considering the draft and his options there. Um, meaning if he doesn't like the grade, he get hears back. It's going to be, be a red Raider next fall. Love to hear that. You bet. And I mean, I, I talked up, Jones a little bit last week thinking that he would be a similar talent to McClung, but why not have both? 
Yeah, man, we need we we could use scores. It's, it's fine. Sure, points. You bet. I mean, yeah, guys that can ball handle and and can get in the lane and create shots. And I'm a child. Yeah, I'm I'm for it. <laughs> Winthrop transfer Adonis Arms committed to Texas Tech. Uh, there's there's a lot to like about Mr. Arms here, including a media entrance to the Big Twelve All Team name. Um, six, six, two Oh five. Welding instructor, Alex declare knows VR training platforms like forge FX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Wing from Winthrop where he averaged 17 minutes, but was able to put up 10 and a half points, 41% from the floor, 35% from three, uh, grabbed nearly five rebounds a game, almost two assists. Also played at Mesa Community College, was the MVP there in 2016, 2017, transferred to Northwest Nazarene, uh, was the 2019 Great Northwest Athletic Conference Player of the Year. And then sat out 2019-2020 with a transfer to Winthrop. So he is a grad transfer, will be eligible. And uh, if you if you look at the piece over on Staking the Plains uh, by Seth here, this is kind of like looking at not a TJ Shannon replacement, but that kind of guy, that kind of size, productivity, those minutes that Shannon was getting, you'll probably see Adonis Arms pick up 2021-2022. Yes. Uh, in, is it not Adonis? Wouldn't it be Adonis? What was I saying? Adonis? Adonis? I, yeah. don't, I, haven't, I haven't heard the pronunciation of his name correctly then. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. That's, Mr. That's where Arms. I, that's where I went. But Arms. I, I, I'm pretty excited to see him. You know, the, the highlight video just is, is just like that. Like we always say about highlight videos, everything looks great. He, I do like his size quite a bit. Um, I hope he puts on a little bit more weight. I think that'd be helpful. Maybe 215 would be nice. 220 at 6'6". Six, six. Uh, I did see something from, I'm going to call him Twitter friend of the show because I've never actually met Ryan Mainville, but he's a great follow on Twitter at LBK. If you're not following him already, you should do it. But one thing that I noticed was that he averaged just 17 minutes and that seemed kind of worrisome to me. I'm not sure what that meant or why that was. If he had injuries, I was impressed with his numbers based on what he averaged. But uh, Mainville tweeted the other day, quote, for those of you who are worried about arms lower minutes last season, it's important to note that Winthrop had 11 guys averaging 10 plus minutes in conference play. That's absurd. Also, they used hockey subs five in five out quite a bit. I wouldn't worry about it at all. End quote. So thanks, Ryan. I mean, I think that helps explain it a lot because if you truly are subbing in five fresh guys at a time, if that's your strategy, you may be 
able to limit minutes on a lot of people. I mean, a 10 guy rotation, that's, that's wild. Tech hasn't seen a 10 guy rotation ever or have, or maybe not ever, but not in the last three, three, four coaches. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a while since you've been that deep where you'd be able to run wide that many players. Cause I know, um, at least early on in the season, you would see the previous coach roll out 10 guys. Sure. Fewer game. Uh, and you always be like, what about those last two guys on the bench or three guys? Why aren't they playing? Um, but yeah, so he joins the the incoming class that includes Chandler Jacobs, who you mentioned, who's coming over from Dallas Baptist, Ethan Duncan coming over coming in from Lubbock Christian, KJ Allen, and then Adonis Arms. An exciting group of four players coming in that will play some significant minutes, I would think. But I think so too. I don't know. I don't know what the team's gonna look like under Mark Adams and Barrett Peary and Corey Williams. And I'm blank on his name. The other staff. Talvin. Talvin. Yes. Talvin, Talvin Hester, Hester, which we'll get there in a second. Yes. Um, one of the other transfers that we were kind of keeping our eye on was from OU. Davion Harmon committed to Oregon. Mm. The other OU. Because both of those schools are the university of, but anyways, I did see the uh, coaching contracts for Mark Adams, Barrett Peary, and Corey Williams today. And I thought they were kind of interesting. So I wanted to bring it up for a second. Uh, well, we know, we know the salary base for Adams and the way that like, I'm sure this is what's done everywhere. Uh, but Mark Adams base salary is $300,000 a year. And then everything else to make up for it is like, the way it's written in the tech contract is like the coach's rights outside of athletics. I don't know. It's, it's, it's really strange. I've never seen that before. Hmm. Anyways, uh, it's a five year, $10 million deal, but the bonus structure was specifically interesting to me. And I wanted to read off some of these things for you. Um, if Mark Adams in Texas tech is the big 12 regular season champion or co-champion gets a nice hundred thousand dollar bonus. Well, I like that co-champion thrown in there. Yeah. Big 12 postseason tournament champion, $50,000. Hey. And then you can, you can, uh, you can add these up. Um, if, if the team makes it to the NCAA tournament, it's $40,000. If they make it to the second round, it's an extra 25. Sweet 16, 50, elite eight, another 50 final four, another hundred national championship game win 200,000. So unlike the previous coach, you probably didn't cash in on that one. Uh, you have to win that game to, uh, to get that piece of the check. I wonder, I'm just kind of curious. The round of 32 appearance drops off from just, just showing up to the dance and lacing up your shoes. You get 40 grand, but if you win a game, you only get 25. I think if you win two games, it goes up to 50. I think because you're, you're pretty well expected to win that first game. Are you? What if what if some crazy things happen and Tech's like a? I mean, do you think Tech's going to be favored in their first game under Mark Adams? I mean, maybe Tech's going to be an eleven seed. Ah, to see. Final rankings, though. So this is this is depending on uh, where they the team falls in the USA Today coaches or Associated Press poll. It's one of the other top twenty five or top ten, whichever is better. Top twenty five. So I guess spots eleven through twenty five is ten thousand dollars. 10 down to one, 
This I is found, so much money. This is so much money, Spencer. We can't even, I can't even comprehend I think it's capped at this like, kind of money. Like, I, I think it's capped per season at 500,000. So he can, I, I think he can make up to an additional $500,000 depending on how the team does. Uh, and there's, there's another page of these, but I want to go over one more. And I love how they're looking at advanced stats. Ken Palm final rankings. <laughs> one such award per contract year. So you get one or the other. And I think, I think uh, Adams is licking his lips here. One of them. Top 10 defish, defensive efficiency ranking. $20,000. Or top 10 offensive efficiency ranking. $20,000. Oh, I totally think that should be cumulative. Cumulative. Oh, wow. Say it for me. <laughs> Yeah, like if you get both, there you go. yeah, go ahead and cash out 40, 40K there. Yeah, yeah, do it. Because imagine if, if Tech somehow had the top 10 offensive and def- defensive efficiency ranking, they'd be what what Baylor was this year? Yeah, but so you're going to be making a, a deep run in the tournament. So like 40, 25, that's 65, 115. <laughs> just count I guess they assume if you had both, then you probably will have gotten all of the bonuses or most all of the bonuses for the NCAA championship yeah, I bet. Uh, portion. So looking over at associate head coach, I, I don't know if we have we got, got his title right, or at least I haven't. Barrett Peary's salary, 425000 which is actually a big bump up when he was making at Portland as the head coach at 175. So that's uh $250,000 raise. Oof. It's more than 300% of his Gosh, current salary. It's just so much. And, and I know this is not near what, what uh, beard was paid. It's not near Who? what beards being paid now, the, but I just still can't get this out of my head uh, that someone is going to make $425,000 in Lubbock, Texas. So Mark Adams in that position was making five fifty. So it's, it's not even that big of a drop off from what Adams was making to, to Peary. Sure. Um, the other perks I found interesting, um, he will have, this is common for, for Texas tech contracts. I've seen this, that the coach will have a vehicle allowance of up to $6,000 a year. So 500 bucks a month off of your car payment or a dealer vehicle would probably has the higher value. Cause you can just get whatever you want from the dealer. Any car you want? Any car you want. Wait, hold on. That's not the right one. <laughs> Dude's facing up to 90 years. Yeah, but Ugh. he's he's not guilty. He just uh, got bad advice. Yeah, maybe got bad advice. Yeah. Um, I've been there. And then up to $20,000 in relocation expenses being reimbursed. I haven't moved anywhere that would cost me $20,000, but... Portland like, to Lubbock seems like that would be close. <laughs> But you, you could definitely like, well, now I don't have to be worried about like, I can, I can hire people to pack for me. Like, oh yes. Not even just drive my boxes. Like, no, no, you're going to come in and pack for me. Well, and especially move me, and move you me know, in. coaches, they, they expect you, you know, they, they want you there. So on, on the, on his sheet, he signed it April 8th. The contract said, and your expected start date is April 12th. Yeah. So he had four <laughs> days to sign it and then yes. be working for Texas tech. Cross country. Um, And the last piece in his contract, he has a Rawls golf course membership. Pretty, pretty seven negotiations there. I don't know if that's just like a, like a, 
they, they just kind of offer that to the coaches or if like he made it a request, like you got any good golf courses I can get on. <laughs> I don't know. Assistant coach, Corey Williams. This is the one coming over from Arkansas. He will be making $400,000 a year. Uh, and while Peary's didn't have a time limit on there or an agreement, coach Williams is said to have a two year agreement has a similar vehicle allowance of $5,000 a year and the same $20,000 and relocation expenses, but did not get the Rawls golf course membership. Uh, yeah. It's, as we were talking about before we started, maybe he's just not a golfer. I'm not a golfer. I wouldn't even think to ask that or, or but the, that the wouldn't be a perk for me. Membership at a golf club course, whatever you want to call it comes with more than just the ability to go play on the course. Like they have restaurants there, meeting rooms, party rooms, whatever you can host events, That's true. that kind of thing. Um, because one of my, my was my director is a, a member of the Lubbock country club. And we we've had meetings out there at their meeting rooms, or we've been out to Chilton's or whatever. Um, so there, there are other perks with the, the membership besides playing around a golf, but Corey Good, Williams well, didn't get I, it. I think I would work in, you know, complimentary queso at Caprock cafe. Dude, if we could ever secure that queso, uh, <laughs> we're still in negotiations guys for those. We haven't talked about this in a long time, but that's, this just negotiations have been ongoing trying COVID to get really that sponsorship. Yeah. Um, Coach Williams was, was making 200K at Arkansas in 2019. Had to take a 10% reduction this past year due to COVID. So he's getting a 100% increase in his salary oh, from 200 gosh. to 400. Wow. Um, and then Darby Rich, was, I, we, we kind of hinted at it and said it was coming, probably coming, was announced officially as the head strength and conditioning coach for the basketball team coming over from Memphis and had previously uh, coached at AM. And then Talvin Hester recently announced as the third and final assistant to the coaching staff. And this is the one that everybody's kind of like, who? <laughs> um, he's <laughs> right, been, but he's, he's kind of a, I don't know. The, the more you read about him, the more you kind of see he might have been a, this, the secrets in the dirt kind of guy, the, the guy that's really helping these programs out. Okay, go ahead. Say what you were. Well, so I'm I, set up. when I was going through looking at his coaching resume, his bio, every place he's been had a fairly significant turnaround under and the time that he was there, he was never a head coach at any of these places. So like, you can't really say it was directly related to uh, coach Hester being there, but he was on different staffs at all these different schools. Mm -hmm. um, recruited a lot of Texas. Like he, he's has barely left this, the state of Texas. I mean, he was at North Lake college, Texas, rim rockers, Texas, Wesleyan, Texas college, Prairie View, A and M San Jose state. So he finally leaves the state, then comes back to SFA, Texas state, Houston goes into oral Roberts, right? When they first got it going and then Louisiana tech. And then, um, from what I've heard, he's, he's been pretty much, uh, the, the main recruiter for most of those schools. And if you look at the Louisiana tech roster, most of the, those guys are coming over from Texas. Now that's not like a, a big stretch, right? Louisiana is going to pull some Texas talent, but it seems with all of his time in the state of Texas coaching and recruiting, he knows who's, who's who he knows where the guys are in Texas. Um, so 
Yeah. Like I said, he, he, he's always been on a staff that seems to have turned things around and not that you have to turn things around at Texas tech, but certainly an improvement. It's not going to be frowned upon. Um, sure. We just got to be a little wary though, because he was just hired at Colorado state before turning that down after like what? 10 days, uh, maybe to, to come down to Lubbock. So just to, Hey, writings on the wall guys never know. But yeah, this uh, obviously I'm not going to pretend like I was this into college basketball that I'd heard of Hester before he was hired at tech, but it's, it's interesting. He has a very interesting resume. I'm hoping that he's able to uh, translate to some players and, and, you know, even if he's only here for a couple of years that he's able to make a, some good headway there. And I don't know if, I think you, I know you mentioned he was at Louisiana tech, but we should mention that. They were 24 and eight and 22 and eight the last two years. It's pretty good for La Tech. Yes. That's some, that's some solid basketballing. Yeah. So welcome to coach rich coach Hester. Uh, again, obviously welcome to Corey Williams, Barrett Peary joining the staff. It looks like the staff is mostly put together outside of some GAs. I think we we're still, uh, we did hear Daryl Doral will be a GA. Um, Ty Nurse, former Texas Tech Red Raider uh, point guard under, he played at least for um, Tubby Smith and maybe even for Gillespie. Uh, he may have come after Gillespie, but he's going to be on on the staff as a GA. Uh, he was coaching this past season too. Uh, and then still, still rumors out there about Steve Green from South Plains College, SPC out there in Leveland. Yeah, there's a chance he he could. I mean, we don't know. We don't know. There's just rumors that just rumors. maybe he could be involved in some some way somehow. So, uh, you want to talk about a little bit a little bit of baseball? Yeah, throw it up. All right, let's do it, Ben. Left field, well struck. Desloni picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second. Throw out in second. Raiders had a weekend series with Baylor and um, didn't go so well. Goodness gracious. It's your first home series loss in a couple of years now. You lost two of the three games Friday and Sunday uh, and then you won on Saturday. But um, but um, <laughs> it just like that game on Sunday you were 
you're, it was threatened that you may, you may have gotten run ruled at home. Uh, which it, is, was, is, it was, it was on, it was on the, the verge. Fun to do to your opponents, but uh, sucks when it happens to you. Yes. <laughs> uh, so you moved to 27 and 10, eight and seven in the conference. I think at this point you can probably just wipe out winning the conference this year. Um, when you, when you won it, when you're losing even just single games against opponents, you should be sweeping, but definitely if you're going to lose a series, um, and then you look across the the conference and you see TCU in Texas doing what they're doing, uh, it's going to be difficult to, to get back up into that, that kind of conversation to win the conference. So right now worried about getting better, uh, figuring out how to cover some of these holes left by the injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting right, uh, right enough to get into the postseason and work your magic there, man. Uh, rankings update D one baseball has not been updated this week yet, which is strange. It's update on the 19th. Um, baseball America has you at 13th baseball national college baseball Writers association has you at 11th collegiate baseball at 15 AP baseball coaches poll at 11 and your RPI holding steady at 19. We talked about last week that Baylor, the Baylor team had so such comparable stats. We're talking about what they do. Um, you know, they're a really good hitting team, uh, but not for power, more like for contact. They get, they get on, move guys over and score. Uh, their, their pitching and defense was right up there with you. Um, but man, like you lost Friday, four twelve, Sunday, 13 to three. Uh, and then you ended up scoring four on Saturday. So four runs was the most you scored all weekend. You did it twice. You put up 11 total runs. Whereas Baylor put up 12 runs alone on Friday, 13 on Sunday. Uh, and then one on Saturday. So 26 runs on the weekend. Um, Monteverdi was not good. Mason Montgomery no. was, was so Blett was the only one that was really well, at least starting pitchers, I guess. Yeah. And, and again, like Monteverdi is coming back down to earth, right? Like the first half of the season, he was just like playing out of his mind. Dallas um, started, sorry. Sublet relieved. Yeah. But so on Friday, Monteverdi started, but then, you yeah. know, you ran through, you know, Monteverdi lasted four innings on Friday, which is not what your, your Friday night guy does. And that's not what Monteverdi does. It's like when he, when he was early in the season, he was going seven plus innings, uh, only made it four and gave up eight hits, seven runs, two Ooh. walks, two strikeouts. Two wild pitches, and he ends up, take, ends up taking the loss. And then Andrew Devine comes in, Eli Reekman, Chase Webster, Brandon Pettix, Tyler Hamilton, and then Brandon LaJuice, Diacutis, Lejeune, Diacutis. I don't, I can't probably pronounce that name. To combine for the twelve runs that you surrendered on Friday, Monteverdi picks up his second loss of the season. Um, speaking of Monteverdi, his uh, ERA moved up a little bit, three point two now. <laughs> It was a yeah. zero for a while and it was 0.7 or whatever. Uh, whip that, that thing is holding steady under one. Um, and probably just because of how many innings he's pitched and how, how well he was doing early in the season. The opponent's batting average is 
creeping up a little bit now to 220, which is not bad. I mean, when you when you think about a guy coming in, it only gives up one hit to five batters. It's not that bad. Uh, he's now thrown 56 in a third innings. Um, his walks per nine has gone way up. Uh, from where it started, he's at 1.8 walks per nine. Uh, his K dropped a little bit this weekend. You know, obviously only going four innings and striking out two. Um, but some of the other guys that pitched over the weekend that I want to kind of compare to, uh, you know, the bullpen guys, when you, when you call on them, I want to talk about their, oppo- their opponent's batting average. Um, ERA is a good metric to look at, but when you're coming in in relief and only throw an inning and you give up a run, your ERA, your ERA is going to say nine because it's, it's per nine innings, right? So mm. the ERA is going to, it's going to be a little inflated uh, from your, your relievers. I think the opponent batting average is, is a pretty good other number to look at. Uh, and I want to look at Levi Wells because he, he's been getting a lot of opportunities lately. His opponent batting average, 125, gives up one hit and eight batters, basically. Chase Hampton, 212. Another weekend starter, Mason Montgomery, 214. And the guy you just mentioned, Ryan Sublet, 216. So when these guys are coming in, whether they're starting with Montgomery, um, or Monteverdi at 220. M- Montgomery's at 214, but the other guy's right around 200. That's uh, it's really good stuff. Micah Dallas, the other, the third in the trio of weekend starters, and Mason Montgomery both have a whip just over one, 1.2 essentially. Um, so they don't allow a lot of guys on base. Yes. But you just be having a hard time erasing those guys that get on. Um, and it's not that like, Braxton Fulford's not throwing guys out because that dude, he backpicked a Baylor runner at second on Sunday. It was filthy. Um, <laughs> and part of it had to go with, with uh, Jace Young because he, he slid over um, and then took the third base side of the bag away. Like he caught the ball then dropped down to his knee. So he completely blocked off access to the bag. Um, it was like, dude, dude that's, that's dirty. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cut him out. Um, I swear I've seen him do that a couple of times. The, the back picks are, are, are sneaky because like you expect the pitcher to throw over uh, for, for the pickoff attempt. You're not expecting the to have the catcher fired one behind you when you're not, you know, you're just kind of lazily getting back to base, but Mon- not Montgomery. Fulford's done that a couple of times now. Uh, like I said, mm-hmm. I had one on Sunday that looked really good, but as a team, you've not done a really good job of erasing guys to get on base, whether it's through the walk. You've gotten given up quite a few more walks recently than you have um, since so I guess going back to the beginning of the season, though, that the three game ser- not series, but the, t- the tournament in Arlington. Um, so you need to work on that a little bit. Not that I'm giving advice to the team, but that's where we're at. Um, tomorrow's game versus New Mexico got moved up due to weather. It's going to be at noon first pitch as opposed to six 30. Um, and that makes be, sense. I, I keep seeing all this weather that's supposed to, to blow in and nothing's happened here in Lubbock we as got, of Tuesday night. We got a little bit of light, light rain today. Yeah. Nothing to write home about. I don't think it even got, like, there was just, there was dust on the windshield. Like, oh, because it was wet and dust stuck to it. Um, And like I said, you've got so you New, New Mexico Wednesday and then you're going on the road to Texas this weekend. Um. Before, I guess, before we preview that series in Austin, 
I need to know. I need no. You need to know. I need to tell you that this week yes, tell me. has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL draft, like we talked about, starting Thursday. It's coming on, and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Did you know that Derby in England is pronounced Darby? That sounded the same. What you just said, Darby, the same thing. like with with an A. And I know this because of those um the the Derby hats. What used to be called a Derby hat, um, it's now called a bowler. I think those are still different. No. We'll have to, we'll have to have Anyways. some hat discussion later. Yeah. Not right now. Get all the latest news, odds and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. MMA. There's lots of M's there. Before the next pitch, head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sports news, sign up bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game. As teams prep for their runs to the playoffs, bet online, your online sports book experts. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. All right. Hey, but before you before you continue, I wanted to chime in on the bowler hat versus derby hat difference. Okay. You're, you're onto something. Doing some research. Like it. Yes. Um, they've, it's the exact same hat, but they're called bowlers in the UK and derbies in the US. Uh, yeah. So it's the same hat. You're right. You were right. You know, it happens every now and then. Just, just wanted to get that on the record. All right. Blind Continue. squirrel, broken watch, clock, whatever. Yeah, whatever it is. All right. Head, hitting the road this weekend down to Austin to take on Texas, who is 33-9, and 12-3 in Big 12 play, have zero Yikes. series losses on the season. They had a six game, 16 game winning streak until they lost 3-7 to seven in Stillwater on Sunday. Yep, and they're playing tonight, uh, weather permitting, I'd imagine. But yeah, this is a this is a, this is a really good baseball team, Spencer. Did you know that? I did. Well, I, I I'm looking up their uh, following their record, they were doing pretty well. Um, and, oh yeah, they won tonight. They played uh, Incarnate Word. They won five three. That seems too close, but I agree. Maybe they played some. Bunch of randos. I don't know. <laughs> Called people in off the, out of the bleachers. Um, this, this may be a running thing uh, throughout the rest of the conference. And, and your, your, your batting average has slipped a little bit. You're now fifth in the conference, but it feels like you had a stretch there that really got your, your offensive stats uh, pretty well solidified at the top, top of the conference. And the past few weekends, it's kind of been coming down a little bit. Yes. Uh, but because it was so high to begin with, you're still going to have advantages over some of these teams when you look at season averages um, on offense, at least. So batting average, you're one spot ahead of Texas. You hit 283 to their 281. So you're about even there. On base percentage, you have the advantage 405 to their 393. Slugging, a slight advantage. You're just under 500, 498 to their 448. Um they really only lead you in number of doubles hit 
So they, they hit nine more doubles on the season. They've played four more games than you have at this point. You've hit more triples, more home runs. You score more. No, they score more runs per. Wow. They've scored more runs. You score more runs per game. It has to do with them playing more games than you have so far. Um, they walk just a little bit more than you do. You strike out more than they do, and they steal more bases by quite a bit, actually. They've got 60 stolen bases on the season so far to your 38. Um, so this is one of those contact teams that gets guys on, and they're moving a lot like TCU, it feels like. Yeah. Uh, and that comparison to TCU, I think, mirrors up pretty well on the defensive and pitching side. Because Texas as a team has the best team ERA in the conference at 289, whereas yours is at 440. So there's first, your sixth. Their opponent's batting average is 219. Um, they've given up. So th- this is where I don't understand it, but they've given up more hits than you have. Um, but their average is quite a bit lower than yours. They surrendered... So far, 40 fewer runs on the season you have. Good for 3.1 runs per game to your almost five, Mm. which sounds like a lot. Um, They walk fewer batters. You strike out more batters than than, than their pitching staff does. Um, They've given up fewer home runs, 22 to your 31, and they are first in the conference in fielding percentage, 979. So they hold the advantage in ERA, batting average runs given up walks per nine home runs given up and fielding percentage to your advantages and hits and strikeouts per nine. Yeah, it's uh, hopefully if, if tech's able to kind of get out of their offensive woes that they've had the last couple of series, they will make this a game, but man, that ERA, that, Pitching ERE really worries me. 2.89. They've got s- such good staff on the on the mound that Tex just struggled so much with TCU and Baylor. I'm afraid it's just going to continue again this weekend, especially in Austin too. Uh, I, I did want to point out that just kind of common opponents, there's, there's not a ton. I mean, there's Kansas State. Uh, I guess the main one to talk about would be Baylor. Even Texas, you know, they've only lost six games on the year or nine. One of them was to Baylor. They, they won the series two one, obviously, but that last loss was, was ugly. They lost two to 11 on a, on a Sunday in March against Baylor. So that makes me feel somewhat better that it happened to Texas too, somehow, but man, I'm, I am worried that this is just going to be another one of those weekends where maybe Tech's unable to get it going and they can't, they can't get by with just, I don't think they can beat these guys going scoring three, four runs. No, you're gonna have to get your offense going. Um, so their, their, their pitching staff has a guy, Ty Madden, uh, at least a couple weeks ago. And you look at the, you know, comparing him to Patrick Monteverdi, very similar, but Monteverdi's numbers have come up a little bit. Madden for the Longhorns. Uh, has thrown the most innings, 64 in a third, whereas Monteverdi's thrown 56. So he's got almost mm-hmm. 10 or just say eight more innings. Um, his whip, same, or 0.98 to Monteverdi's 0.99. ERA, though, is 168. Man. Um, 
77 strikeouts, 22 walks, only given up 15 runs, 12 of those earned. Opponent's batting average, 183. Sheesh. That ERA is exactly half of Monteverdi's now. Yeah, the other guys you could see on the weekend, Trish and Stevens, I would assume, at 62 innings. Uh, he's thrown a lot of innings, too. You'll see him. Uh, and then they have a couple guys right around the 50-inning mark. Uh, and I haven't kept up with, with one of one's heard or if they kind of rotate on or if one of them is really good, like he gets all of their midweek games. But uh, Pete Hansen and then Colby Kubicek. Um Pete Hansen has an ERA of 219 and then Colby Kubicek 326. Highest whip out of any of those is 143. I mean, that's still pretty dang good. Uh, Colby Kubicek is five and three in the year. Tristan Stevens, seven and one. Uh, Pete Hansen, four and one. So mm. they're, they're, it seems like their um, their starting pitching is really good. But then you look at everybody else behind them, like their their who would be their bullpen. Um, Tanner Witt, 276 ERA. Cole Quintanilla, 208. Aaron Nixon, 253. Palmer Wenzel, 366. Lucas Gordon, 3. Justin Eckhart, in 13 innings, has a 675 ERA. Like, oh, man, if we can get to him, they're not going to put him out there. <laughs> <laughs> so so there's a chance. I mean, you, you pointed out some really good stats earlier about Tech's bullpen with, uh, you know, like Wells and Hampton. I think – Maybe there's a chance that if Tech can get some of their starters to have a bad day, that would really help out Tech's chances. No, for sure. I mean, I mean, you're you're starting, pitching and it could is, be the opposite for Texas. You know, if if the bullpen guys come in for Tech, that might hurt Texas a little bit. Who knows? Yeah, Monteverdi leads your staff at like like I said, 56 innings pitch. Mason Montgomery, 45. Micah Dallas, 39. Uh, and like I said, compared to Texas where they had guys in the sixties and then high forties, uh, still sitting up there at 35 innings pitch is your fourth most, but you know, he's not pitching right now. Sublet, uh, first guy out of the bullpen, 26 chase Hampton has a lot of innings too. 19 Brandon Gurton, Brandon Gurton. Wow. Contacts are messing up on me. 16 innings, Hayde Key, Levi Wells, Andrew Devine, Connor Queen. I'm surprised we haven't seen a lot more of him lately. Yeah, he's been he hasn't been in the rotation as much. You definitely have a lot more names on the on the pitchers list than Texas did, uh, between starting and your bullpen guys, but if you can just get out away from the starters, you're gonna have a chance. Um it's good to see that Drew Baker's back in the lineup. He's 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 back in there kind of holding there. Uh, Jace Young, his power numbers, his power is gone. <laughs> yeah. He's now gone two weeks in a row without hitting a home run, which kind of feels like a long stretch, but still, um, still second in the country in home runs this season, even after going two weeks without hitting one. Uh, he's tied with the third baseman or whoever it is from Oklahoma State. Uh, then Kansas State has that guy that he was uh, keeping up with, uh, one or two home runs behind. Um, Tech. In terms of home runs, eighth in the country. Um, we are tied 12th in terms of runs scored. Third in the Big 12, but it's behind TCU, who has jumped up to first in both the country and the Big 12. 
And Texas is eighth in the country, second in the Big 12. Sixth, Texas Tech is sixth in walks earned, third in the Big 12, also behind TCU, uh, third in the country. And then Texas is fifth in the country. Um, 15th in on-base percentage and tied sixth in double plays turned. So (laughs) difficult weekend of baseball coming up in Austin. You need at least one game. Got to. You can't, can't, can't get get swept. Can't get swept. Please. No. Um, I mean, preferably you get the series win. And and if I'm, if I'm going to be just naming what I want, I, I, I want the sweep in Austin, but. Do you think there's any chance a certain former basketball coach would make an appearance? I hope not. I do too. <laughs> but I don't know. We'll see. I don't know either. I mean, it could happen. It could happen. Hey, it could happen. Good old angels in the outfield. Um, with that, I think that'll, that'll end my, my baseball references until we get to my, my Dodgers, my coach pitch Dodgers here in a little bit. <laughs> talk about how we've been doing. But before we get there, let's talk some Red Raider football, Michael. All right. Get to the right sideline, breaks the tackle. He's got running room at the 30, the 35 40. He's the midfield, the 45 40. He may go 25 10. Touchdown, Red Raiders. Davis Webb, the freshman, screen. Shotgun from the 28 to throw goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. Oh, he plays. Oh, he's going hard. Red Raider, unbelievable. Michael Crabtree has done it. Let the scoring begin. Like I say, every time I play that, Sonny Cumbie on there is just a treasure. And John Harris. <laughs> But it just made me think. Full circle. Yeah. What just made me think about the addition to the football staff that we heard of this week. Yeah. Very interesting and a cool position that they created just for him. Yeah. It's not a coaching position. It's more of a liaison to NFL scouts and player development. Sammy Morris. Welcome back. back. Great running back from early 2000s. Yeah. I think it was 99 was his senior season. So yeah, just right there late 90s so about 10 years before my time Tammy Morse joins the Texas Tech Red Raider coaching staff as assistant director of player support development that's not a mouthful yeah I mean it's it's it sounds really beneficial to me in his new role Morris will serve as Tech's NFL liaison to scouts and team personnel his most important role, however, will be as a life coach and advisor for more than 100 student athletes in the football cr- program based on his own experiences as a collegiate athlete and NFL standout. Yeah, he was in the NFL for 12 years. It's amazing. Played in Super Bowl 52 with the Patriots. He was on the Bills, went to the Dolphins, then the Patriots, and then Cowboys in 2011. So he's, yeah, I mean, it, this is a guy who's going to relate to 
to these kids specifically in a lot of ways. And, and not only did he go to school at tech, but he went to high school in the San Antonio area. So he's, I, I'm not sure, you know, I, I didn't go that far back, but I, I'm assuming he's a native Texan or at least lived in Texas for a lot of his life. So he can relate to, to all of that experience as well with that. A lot of these young men can too. I, I don't know. It, this seems like a really cool thing and a, a, a positive thing for Wells and his staff to, to create in a hoe cut, I guess, to create the room for within the budget and bring him on. Yeah. So he, um, played for John Jay high school. Named the San Antonio offensive player of the year by the San Antonio express news and district 28, five, a MVP MVP played both quarterback and running back. How does that work? Wow. I missed that. So how, <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's incredible. That's it, incredible it, to be that, that athletic and talented and, and smart. So to, to do all of that <laughs> came to tech in 95 was a red, red shirt freshman in 96. And like you said, senior in 99. So welcome back to Texas tech and Lubbock coach, Mr. Sammy Morris. Yeah. Texas that tech, was pretty cool news. Texas tech also announced the addition of a defensive back safety, Reggie Pearson coming over from Wisconsin. Um, Interesting, maybe a little concerning is that uh it was he, he didn't medically retire, but he didn't get the medical clearance to return to action by the team doctor in Wisconsin, hmm. although he had clearance from two other I wouldn't say opposing, but two other physicians' opinions. So he got medical clearance from other doctors, just not the team doctor from Wisconsin. And I'm sure Texas Tech has done their due diligence on that, but um, Pearson was a, was a pretty good contributor for Wisconsin in the year, uh, not this past year. He's held up this past year, the COVID season, but, uh, racked up 60, ta- 60 tackles as a sophomore. Uh, so he played a lot in 12 of their 13 games and was a pretty good piece of that. Um, said he's, he can come down here, play safety or be like a nickel coverage guy being the slot. Uh, wants to yeah. show his versatility, get down and, um, being pass coverage, essentially. Yeah, five ten. I mean, that's decent size for pass coverage. It's not bad. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, but we'll see. We'll see how how he pans out. Welcome to Lubbock. Yeah, I wish you'd been. You were able to get here a little sooner. Get into some spring. Oh, practice, sure. Yeah. It's never too late. Um, because that 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 transformation on the defense is ongoing, especially the defensive backfield. It seems like adding as many pieces as, as Matt Wells and Keith Patterson can find. Yes. And we talked about several times the NFL draft is this week. So I was looking into it. Uh, two names that I found from Texas tech on the mock draft boards, a little lower than I would have thought, especially for Zach McPherson, but Jack Anderson, offensive lineman and defensive back corner, Zach McPherson, both projected to be drafted. Uh, this one board, Chad Reuter from NFL.com had Anderson going in the fifth round to the 49ers and then McPherson going in the sixth round to the Texans, which would be interesting to keep up with them being so close. Yes. The other thing, I don't know if, who else, who knew about this or who didn't. Cause I, I, I'd heard it, but 
Zach McPherson has a younger brother, Ezekiel McPherson, on the Texas Tech football team. That's right. I think I think we talked about that on this podcast. Yeah. He's a redshirt freshman, I believe. Um, so a very athletic family. So I know he they have several other siblings that have competed collegiately across the country. Yes. It is not easy to be a D1 athlete or D2 or just collegiate athlete, period. I'll stop there. <laughs> well, Zach McPherson and now Ezekiel have been both D1, obviously. Um, that's what I have for football. Michael, do you have anything else you want to add before we get to what we learned? No, I'm anxious to get to what we learned because you teased about this pizza stuff and I, I must learn about it. It's it's really, I'm probably over, oversold it as it is, but... That's right. cool. I'm going to continue to oversell it. This will be the best thing you've ever heard about pizza. <laughs> oh, no. All right. Let's get to what we learned. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. So let's start with Little League because that's just where, I, where I'm at. We had a game yesterday, Monday night. Our, yes. our second late game um, on weeknights, you, you play at 6 or 7.45. This is our second 7.45. We, we've had several 6 o'clock games, Ooh. which are kind of difficult to get to on a weeknight like because you got to go home, you got to get ready, dressed, and then get out to the field, which are at a 1585 in Milwaukee for our, our league. So it's kind of a hike out mm. there for us out here in southeast Lubbock. But uh, 7.45 pr- presents a whole different group of challenges for 6- and 7-year-olds who are in bed between – eight and 9 PM. And mm-hmm. last night we were, we were heading into the final innings. It was like nine, 10. I was like, Grayson should be in bed right now. <laughs> and, and one of our other coaches like, our kids in bed at like eight or eight 30 most nights. Like, yeah. So like these kids are like up past their bedtime playing baseball, loving it, but also like you could tell they're fading. Yes. Um, anyways, we played last night. We played the Royals, Kansas city. Um, was Mahomes there? No, it was not. Uh, okay. they, well. you know, Mahomes may have been able to help them. I'm not sure. We, uh, <laughs> oh, no. we beat them 10 to one. No, sorry. Yes, 10 did. to 10 to three. We beat them 10 to three. Okay. It was 10 to one going into the final inning. And then of course, after the game I actually went back and looked this up, we've played nine games so far in eight of them. We've given up multiple runs in the in our opponent's last time up to bat. Eight of our nine games, the last time the other team comes up to bat, they score multiple runs. But one time it didn't happen, the team scored one run in the second to last inning to tie the game to push us into the Oof. sixth inning, which is the last inning for this, this age group in Little League. Um, we also played on Saturday against the Reds, who were... They are tied for first. Give you a little insight. We did not win this game. However, well, here's the thing. They were the visiting team. They put up four runs in the first inning. I was like, oh no, here we go. Because <laughs> I was like, I was dreading. I was like, because they have like the highest runs scored per game in our league and the lowest runs given up or runs allowed per game. I was like, this is gonna, this can get ugly because we, we've already played a team that beat us 22 to zero. This, this team is supposedly better than that one. You know what, what our little Dodgers did in the bottom of the first? 
came back and what? scored four runs, tied the game. We're like, oh my gosh, here we go. <laughs> you gotta be kidding. Dude, we tied it back up and it like the place was nuts. Like our team, like our, our parents were losing their minds. And I, I loved it. <laughs> um, so we, we, we lose the game 13 to three. Sorry, no, 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 sorry. 13 to eight. But oh, dang. it's closer. That's, that's it, very it, respectable. It's even closer than that. Going into the fifth inning, which was the last inning for us because of time on this night, the Reds were up eight to seven. We were down one run going into the final inning. Then we gave up five runs. It's the worse. It's, no, no, it's worse than that, Michael. They scored five runs with two outs. We got, oh. they came up so that they had, um, they had 11 players on, on their team that night. They came up to bat. Their first three batters were number 10, 11, and one. We're like, all right, we just need, we need outs, right? Batters 10 and 11 on the lineup struck out. So like, here we go. We're one out away from, from coming in, having a bat, need to score one run. But then it turned over to the top of their lineup and we could not get an out. Oh, man. Several of those batters that were top of their lineup got down to two strikes. Their last, like legit last pitch, because they, they count pitches in this league. Um, like, okay, you have to hit this one. And then would smoke one. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so we gave up one run and then two runs. It's like, just stop. Three, four. Oh, finally. We came up, we did end up scoring uh, in the bottom of the fifth. We had runners on base. We, we got one strikeout, and then the game ended. We had our uh, our third or fourth batter in the lineup, so we're like, we also got the top of our lineup. It's like we just need to get guys in base when we get going. We we can get some runs scored. Our fourth batter smokes. It's like this little. It was this line drive had had a little hump in it, right? Just a little bend mm-hmm. in it. Um, their shortstop, no no joking ran and dove to catch this ball to end the game. And I was like, well, all right, here we are. And I, I was trying to be was a nice sport. To be. No. So I, you know, he, he got up, they were like almost carrying him off the field. It felt like, but they, they were like jumping on the mound afterwards. Is it one of those plays you kind of wanted to go high five him too? Well, I did. So I, I went up after the game. I was like, Hey man, that was, that was a heck of a play. Good job. And he was like, just elated. That's so cool. So the, the team that's tied for first, the Reds, my claim to fame now would be we took them into the final at bat, but they ended up putting five runs on us. But yeah, so that was something that the coach design talked about tonight. It was like, what do we do about that? Like in all of our games, we're giving up multiple runs. And, and sometimes our kids are like, they're watching the clock. Like there's a legit timer on the clock. I'm like, oh, we got five minutes left. We're going to go home and go eat or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, <laughs> And then even in games where we're leading and winning, they're worried about like, well, we're up 10, one. It's, it's okay. And then like, we give up two or three runs. It's like, stop it. Don't worry about the time left. Don't worry about the score. Finish the game. I don't know. I don't know how you combat that. That's, that's tough. It's, it's the mindset and mentality of little kids, man. I can't, I don't know what to do about mental toughness. It sounds like if they made these games an inning or 20 minutes shorter, they may be, you might be fine. Well, so this division plays 15 minutes longer than the division that we were in last year. So last year was an hour game. This one's an hour 15. Uh, so some of the kids are, are dealing with a, a longer game. Um, and, and the, the time limit isn't like the game doesn't like end when the time limit ends. So the, so some of the games are going an hour and a half or longer and we only practice for an hour and a half most nights. So like it goes as long as practice in practice. We have breaks 
you know, we're, we're huddling yeah, and, up and, and all everybody's that kind of stuff constantly and, doing different things. Yeah. You're not just standing in left field. So the good thing about this is we have one team that's ahead of us, air quotes in the rankings where we're, we're tied. Well, they're five and three, we're five and four. So they have oh. one fewer loss. So they're, they're technically ahead of us because they have, you know, a better win percentage. Everybody else we have left, we have, we have four more games left. We play the Mets on Monday. There's the one team ahead of us. And we have three more games with teams that have not won a game yet. So I was like, we could maybe should win the last five of our games, including the one that was Monday. So we play Monday, the next Monday. And basically once a week into the end of the season, but man, little Dodgers are getting good. Yeah. We, we, we've got a kid. We've got three kids. Uh, just, I mean, because this app I have where I, I keep track of the games, I score the games on this app. Um, we'll also keep their stats. I have a kid batting nine fifty two, <laughs> and it only recently dropped down from a thousand because he hit into a fielder's choice the other night. <laughs> then we've got two kids behind him. Our shortstop is hitting 870 and our pitcher is hitting 818. Oh, that's really, that's insane for a pitcher. <laughs> well, and, and, and it's not like the tr- traditional I pitcher, know. but like, I know <laughs> but we've got this outfielder that like surprisingly, he, he seems so uncoordinated. He's hitting 688. Now our leadoff man who plays second for us now is 667. So, and he's also the fastest kid on our team, but those, those first three guys, uh, the guy that's hitting 952, 870 to 818 combined have 15 home runs. Where do you have them in the lineup? Are they back to back to back? No, because because they are such good power hitters. I've got them spread out a little bit. Our, our, the guy that hits 952, I have him going second. Um, so our, our, our leadoff man who hits 667, so two for three, all, like I said, also the fastest guy, he goes first, then we get our first power guy up. Um, and then we get our second guy right after that because our first power one is more like, he can hit for power, but he, he's also in like until very recently had never been put out on base. Like he was consistent. Like he always got a hit, never struck out, always on base. Good number two spot. Then our first power guy comes up, got him at three. We put our third baseman at four, who was a guy that hit the little line drive at the shortstop. And then our pitcher who is leading our team and with seven home runs, he bets fifth. I, I just wonder that all of this, all of these stats you're pouring out right now, I just can't help but think that my little league coaches in 1992 Merkle, Texas were <laughs> not doing the same thing. I mean, you, you could have calculated all these things. Like I, I can tell you uh, the slugging percentage of these three batters. Oh my gosh. Uh, our pitchers hitting 1909 slugging percentage, which means he's averaging basically a double every time he steps up to the plate. <laughs> <laughs> including the few times he struck out or times that he doesn't hit, um, you know, or he just gets a single. Our first baseman, 1667. Our shortstop is hitting 1522. So all three of those are better than a, like they're basically averaging more than a single every time they step up to the plate. Those are some super fun stats. And it's little league, right? So like you get, you get a bunch of 800 averages with some really good oh, teams, yeah. but it's also kind that's of fun great. to like, you think about, you know, the best hitter on Texas deck is hitting 400. You're like, Oh my gosh, that's so good. I was like, I've got a guy hitting nine fifty on my team. 
It's like a video game number where you like max out all the sliders and you're playing uh, like the weakest teams and on the, the lowest difficulty setting. Yeah. 950. <laughs> all right. Last thing I want to talk about was pizza. So Grace and I decided to get pizza the other night for dinner. It was actually last night, but before the game. Um, and we usually end up, so this is going to be related to sauce. Oh, I'm ready. We usually get light sauce. Cause we, we just been like, I don't really like, we're not big fans of heavy tomato sauce. Uh, and we went to Domino's and they're like, well, they've got five different sauces, whatever. So we were going through it. Grayson's on this kick right now. He likes cheese and bacon on his pizza. And I like pepperoni sausage, but I just got bacon on all the pizza. So we were looking at like, okay, we, we don't get, we don't get uh, the marinara, the tomato sauce. They have Alfredo. He's like, what's that? I was like, it's like a white cheese sauce. I'm like, no, I don't really like that. Um, they had a, like a barbecue sauce. Like it wouldn't really fit what the toppings were going for. So let's not get that. They had ranch. I was like, no, that's not really a sauce. And they had garlic Parmesan. It was like an mm. oil based sauce, like a, like an olive oil, but like infused or had some garlic Parmesan in it. Yes. I may never get red sauce on my pizza again. It was you've, that good. That's a cheat code. You know what? We got Domino's last week. We hadn't gotten it for in forever, but, uh, Oh, it was after, Oh, um, my wife, we, we each had our second shots last week mm. and I came out pretty, pretty well unscathed. Uh, the second, the second night, the first night I was fine, but the second night I kind of got what I would call almost chills mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. They didn't really turn into full fledged, like shivering chills, but I was really cold and then I was really hot and I was, you know, just kept, but my wife, man, she, it knocked her down. And so I came home and she was like, man, I, I'm not up, I'm not up for even thinking about dinner. And so I was like, Domino's. <laughs> and so we, we ordered Domino's and she got the Parmesan. And I think, so I, I think I've kind of had what you, what you're talking about. Cause they have these Parmesan garlic little cheese, bread bites. Okay. So we got some of those too. Those were really good. Yes. Those are really good. And I wonder if that's the same type of thing that they put on the pizza. You was know, it the same? Was it similar? I, I would think so. Cause on the bread bites, the oil is kind of soaked into the bread a little bit. Yes. Whereas like there's still kind of like um, a layer of, there's a wet layer between the bread and the cheese, the crust and the cheese on the pizza. Um, it was really good, dude. And I, like I said, I may not have tomato sauce on pizza again. The other thing I learned, um, because because he's grazing on this kick with bacon, I was like, bacon sounds good. Just put on the whole pizza. Sure, yeah. I'll, I'll do <laughs> my normal pepperoni and sausage on it. And I, so I don't know if it's just like the number of meats or if it was just the bacon or the sausage or just the combination of those three. You can't get the toppings to stay because like the pepperoni yeah. takes up a good amount of surface area and then like nothing else is sticking to cheese. It's just sitting on top of other toppings. So you pick up a slice of pepperoni, sausage and bacon, bacon and sausage are coming off that pizza. <laughs> so I was like, eh, probably like, okay, we'll just stick with cheese and bacon, which is actually a pretty good combination with this, uh, Parmesan garlic sauce, man. Okay. Well, I wonder if the, I wonder if the, the lack of the tomato sauce kind of made it a little less, Sticky for lack of a better term. Maybe it's more of a, maybe it's kind of a stucco that, that holds things together a little bit. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, like I said, the, the toppings weren't coming off. So I don't know if it's like just the number of toppings or if they were all just kind of greasy and they were self lubricating. If you would to keep them from the sticking thing, to the cheese. That's the thing I never liked about 
Papa John's kind of pizzas is it seems like almost every time you took one bite and then you pull away Everything and then all off. your, the, all of the, just the scab of the entire pizza falls on your face <laughs> and then you're just pulling away an empty triangle of bread. I'm like guys figure this out. Why is, why is this, why do people want this? Why do people want uncooked vegetables crunching while they try to eat their pizza? Yeah. I don't know. So, uh, it seems to work with, with some kind with a number of veggie pizza Supremes, but you get three meats, especially if they're fatty. They just don't stick. So I've got to try that oil. I'm going yeah, to try it. So that'll do it for us in the 23 personnel podcast. I'm Spencer. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 personnel podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas tech red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23 personnel, Spencer at punt suck and Michael at Michael underscore LBK and find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.